0: Welcome back, everyone, to another edition of Leaving at Halftime. This is host Matt Parker. For the last time in the history of history, joining me on the podcast are sports editors Spencer Holbrook and Pete Negos. How are you guys today? Good. 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 Yeah. yeah. It's a, not an early morning, but it feels like an early morning. I am kind tired. Yeah. For context, we started recording at 1140 in the morning so that's for everyone out there yeah but in senior last two weeks of senior year time that's like 8 a.m. Hmm. cannot relate just yet still <laughs> still a year away from relating to that point ever uh, kind of a not that anyone out there really cares but we do kind of have a bit of a emotional time coming up here at the post with all of our seniors graduating um next week and just for some context uh these are two guys I will miss uh, dearly and uh on the record I just want to say thank you for all of the things you guys have done for me this year. So fist bump just have fist bumps are yeah, going around you can't see it, but you you can feel the love through yeah. through the earphones. More more words will be said to these two later as uh we're having our senior send-offs tonight. So this is just a little little one to say thank you. To preface. Yeah. Yeah. But uh, let's get into uh, what we do, uh, talking about sports, at least on the podcast we talk about sports. Um and I kind of just want to do a year in review, starting with the fall, um, some highs and lows and moving on throughout the winter. And here we are into the spring. So you guys uh, know football best as you covered it. Um, some highs and lows from this past season that you saw and I guess just expectations for next year. Well, there was a lot of highs going in.
1: Um, probably should have went 10 and 2, uh, maybe Not quite eleven and one because you don't want to say that they should have won all of those games that they lost. But I mean, the Cincinnati game they definitely should have won. I think that was probably the low point of the season, along with the first quarter of the Virginia game when they. Yeah. You get a better start to the Virginia game, you might win that game. Yeah, because they gave up. Virginia had three plays. Yeah. All over sixty-five yards, all for touchdowns in the first quarter. And only run three plays, and they were up twenty-one nothing. Oh. and so if you get a better start in that Virginia game in Nashville which was just that entire week was weird yeah entire, it week. was a really odd week because the hurricane was supposed to come to Charlottesville then it was like wait it's not coming to Charlottesville but we're gonna move the game anyways in case it does I
0: remember the hysteria in the newsroom you two trying to figure out where, where it was going be, yeah, yeah, be,
1: and that was that was one of the highlights for us was trying to figure that out because it's just the, the rush of trying to track down what the information and get it out there but that week was weird um I would say the Cincinnati game is definitely the low point. Um, yeah. Even with the Miami loss, I don't think that was as devastating as the Cincinnati loss. Just because. Frank held that Cincinnati loss with him, much more than I've seen him hold another loss. with him the Yeah. Fr- three years I've to Frank Frank wanted that game badly, and uh, wanted that game badly. And and each time that we brought up you know close games to him, rest of the season Cincinnati. Game. It was always about the Cincinnati game. He would say, you know, there are certain games you'd like to have back. And he never really, like, goes into specifics. But then he would say, like that Cincinnati game. Hmm. And it was like, what? You know, Frank, this is not like you. So I think that was probably his low point as well. I think that
2: he felt that it was because he didn't coach one in the final two minutes of the game. And I think that hurt him a lot. He put that on him. I uh, s- stepping in where Alvin or something and saying, like, what's well, on the ball on the goal line or something like that. Like, I think he felt guilty that he should have said something.
1: I think the Northern Illinois game was close to that as well. Yeah. You're up nine in the fourth quarter on the road, and you blow that lead because of Sutton Smith strip sack. And I know Nathan Rourke took that one right. really personal because he was strip sacked on, like, the 50-yard line, and they scored two touchdowns. and <laughs> For three and a half quarters, it was Ohio was playing good defense again for the first time all season because they played terrible against Kent State. They played yep. horrible defense against UMass. They played horrible defense the first five games of the season, and they were really playing well in that fourth quarter. It was just like, here it we go apart. again. Yeah, it all fell apart. And so,
2: I, yeah. I thought they were going to take the Miami loss like harder than they did. It really surprised me, like, how easy going everyone kind of seemed after it. Not like everyone. Like, AJ Lillette was
1: pissed. As he should be like, but Frank came back and beat D-Tar out of Buffalo. Yeah. I've never seen a game like that where it was supposed to be such a good game and it was like the Toledo game last year. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Kind of it was supposed point. to be a good game against a team that's probably going to win the MAC and then Ohio yeah. just dismantled them. Yeah. And that was probably I would say I would say that or the first Bowl was the high point, but the first Bowl kind of seemed like a blur and not everybody was as excited after the first Bowl as they were after the Buffalo game. I agree with that. I
0: think th- I think that's just because of the uh, the longevity of the season. You know, you just lose to your arch rival on the road, and then you have some midweek action back at home uh, against at the time the, the best team in the MAC, and and you just you destroy them, like you said. Whereas you know the season ends in mid November, and then you gotta wait a whole another month to play another game. And I don't know. I just think the highs and lows of the season kind of lends itself to having Buffalo be the best moment. The However, Frisco, yeah.
1: the Frisco Bowl was a fantastic experience from a media perspective. But I think it was fantastic for everybody. Yeah, the, the Ohio had never played a bowl game in Texas um, and I think that they all kind of latched onto that get to go to Texas because every time we talked to somebody it was, yeah, when we go to Texas it wasn't like we're going to a, a suburb of Dallas that's, yeah. you know, but they... is an awesome place too. Like, that's like a
2: place where like somehow if I hit like big lotto or something and I have a bunch of money I
1: might move to Frisco that's a great place to live I mean yeah Frito-Lay's headquarters are there Yeah, uh, Toyota's world Head- Dr. U.S. headquarters are there. Pretty sure Dr. Dr. Frisco? there I don't know but we saw There's the Frito-Lay food. One. yeah the, the food halls there were amazing the barbecue there was amazing I swear if we went there right now we haven't been there in five months if we went there right now there would be like ten new buildings I don't know how they do it. First sounds like Polaris. We is, first thing they yeah. do is get some hard barbecue too. Yeah, I did buy a t- So the thing about Frisco, <laughs> since we're just store. year in review, yeah. I bought a T-shirt from the barbecue place. And it's a nice T-shirt and I wear it sometimes. But the only reason I actually bought the T-shirt mm-hmm. <clears throat> was so a few days later when I got off the plane, I could take it
0: out of my bag and smell the barbecue again. So good the part. That's that is for those that don't know Spencer, that is one of the most Spencer Holbrook things I think I've ever heard. That is
1: the reason that I bought that shirt. No, no kidding. I told we Pete saw I saw it in the hotel like the next day, and we're like <laughs> Yeah, we love that. We yeah. have plenty of stories. We could do an entire podcast on the Frisco trip, but I would like to get to basketball a little yeah. so And also, uh if we're doing a year interview, volleyball team, if you want to talk about a roller
0: coaster. Oh yeah, they
1: would lose like six straight, and then they'd win like three straight over teams they shouldn't have beaten. And they would lose four straight, yeah. and then they would win two in a row. And it was like, what? What is this team's identity? And you had no clue. Yeah. So I think if I don't want to discount anything, so I do want to mention each sport exactly. So that that's that's we can move on to 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 the, to the uh, winner now.
0: But well, I, then let's just kind of let's. Uh, I know you guys want to get to men's basketball because a lot happened there, but I think it. Wouldn't do justice If we didn't talk about The women's team first And all the success oh, That they experienced 100% Uh yeah. This is a team that Uh Went 30 and 6 Uh First Of the men's or women's team In Ohio history To achieve that 30 win mark Uh Got snubbed out of the NCAA tournament Um Runner up in the MAC championship For the MAC championship Uh This is a team that That Saw a lot of Success Um we just want to dive into that yeah
1: uh you know they're undefeated in non-conference play 30 wins is the most all-time for any ohio program men's or women's um tc hooks became you know a household name in the mac as did erica johnson erica johnson's i would say probably the best player on that team now even with cc hooks i think erica johnson's passing ability and her ability to get to the rim and and do things wherever she can on the floor she's I, didn't, I knew she was going to be good because we got to watch her in practice a little, Pete. Yeah. But I did not expect that from her. As a redshirt freshman. I mean, she no. was she was fantastic. Yeah. I think they have a real chance to make the NCAA tournament next year and make make a decent run. It
2: Yet again, proves our idea too that Bob Bold might be the best like group
1: of five of mid major coach in the country. I think he's the best. You, you can make that statement officially. He he's pro- he and Sue Guerra are probably the two best coaches in the MAC. Yeah, I don't think there's much argument at all, especially no. with Megan Duffy moving out from Miami. Yeah. Um, I guess I don't have the list in front of me, but I, I would, um, I would, I take Bob. The just, Buffalo coach is pretty good too. So th- those three are probably the coach on power five. Yeah, those three are probably the top three in the conference, and and Bob's right there. She wants to stay, and the woman at Buffalo wants to stay, but
2: I think that it just a matter of time until Bob leaves. And I know how we talked about how Bob likes it here, and it's a good fit. But again, it's one of those things like you're kidding me if like. Comes what if, like, Ohio State comes calling? Yes, he's going to go take the Ohio State job. That's just a— Yeah, if he keeps yeah.
1: winning, big programs are going to call. That's exactly. just the— And, like, good big programs, not, like, bad big programs. That's the nature of, of beast. the beast in yeah. college basketball. And you don't want that to happen if you're an Ohio fan, but but you're probably going to understand that, it, that there's a decent chance it will happen. Now, with that being said, Bob is different from any coach I've ever dealt with where he legitimately does not like to move places. He no. does not like to leave. And so if he really wants to build a women's basketball giant here, he's going to. He, if
0: he doesn't want to leave, he won't. And he's got the resources to do it. He's got the recruiting to do it. Uh, if you notice, that roster is mostly made up of athletes from Columbus. Yep. So yeah. So he's got a pretty – He pretty wins the Columbus area. Like pretty he good. He
2: beats good schools. Good schools for those Columbus players.
0: So, yeah. Um, kind of let's shift gears a little bit to the uh, other side of the court. Yeah. Uh, be blunt. What a train wreck men's basketball was this year. I there
2: see. I so don't many know
0: times when I was ready to declare it a train
2: wreck, and then they would just go win some basketball game that they shouldn't have won. So I don't know if I'm going to call it
1: a train wreck per I, se. I think it would be tough to call it a train wreck because because let's let's put it into context. You had Jordan Dartis was out. That's yeah. your best player. He was your best player. Sorry, yeah. sorry to Jason Carter. Actually, not sorry because he's gone now, so yeah. it doesn't matter. But Jordan Dartis was your best player, and so Jason Carter had to take the role of. Dominant scorer and not facilitator from the in, from inside out. Yeah. Then you have redshirt freshman Ben, ben Vanderplas. You have an, a point guard who probably shouldn't play point guard, Tavian Kirk. Who, who's gone now? Yeah, who's gone now?
2: I don't know where he's gonna play basketball, but you're, he's gone.
1: Yeah. Um, you have a guy who shows a lot of promise in Jason Preston, and you're doing some really good things uh, with your young core. And so if you wanted to call it a rebuilding season, that's what I would call it. I wouldn't necessarily call it a train wreck. But at the end of the day, you're 40 and 50 in the MAC, and you're 81 and 77 overall. If you're Saul Phillips, that's just not good enough.
2: Yeah.
1: And so uh, on the surface, train wreck. Super dive, not that bad for a core to start with a new guy, Jeff Bowles, who's bringing a lot of energy to this program. Say He's bringing a lot of passion to this program. going rebuild in
2: there this year. It was rebuilding in the sense of I don't think Saul Phillips could have taken the team to the next step.
1: Even next if year. they gave him even another season, him another the rebuild would just be set up for another rebuild next year. Yeah. I just don't think he was the right fit. Yeah. And we haven't even got to talk about this at all. No. I don't think he was the right fit. He's the right fit for the summit league where you recruit two six five shooters to sit on the outside and have a big post presence facilitate around to him. He's not the right guy to recruit Akron, Columbus, uh, Toledo, Detroit, uh, Indianapolis, Chicago areas that you Baltimore. have to, Baltimore areas that you have to win in the MAC. Then steps in Jeff Bowles, and who's he get? He gets Ben Roderick from Columbus. He gets Marvin Price from Baltimore from Baltimore. He's winning recruiting battles that Saul Phillips wouldn't even have stepped into, and he didn't because he didn't even offer Ben Roderick. Mm-hmm. This is, well, he did
2: offer him. He did also, offer. Him? He offered him, but we never heard his name. He's, he's the Gatorade player of the year. When you never heard his name mentioned, well, Saul Phillips is here in terms of recruiting. Then a month, Jeff Bowles has signed and committed to come
1: play down here in Athens. And that's a big thing. I mean, you you hire a new coach, and what do you expect? Momentum with the program. Yeah. Well, you got an avalanche of momentum. Yeah. I mean, you have all the momentum you could possibly want right. with Jeff Bowles as the head coach now. Yeah. And I think that's the biggest takeaway is – Going into this past season, if we're doing a year-in-review again, going into this past season, there was no momentum with this program. Artist was out. Who's going to play? Who's going to step up? Who got what? Gavin Block's going to graduate. How's his senior year going to go? Is Doug Taylor going to take another step and be a good post player? And he did. Yeah. He did. At I, times. I, if I were to give Saul Phillips credit for one thing and one thing only, like if I had, if you said give Saul credit for one thing, yeah. it would 100% be the development of Doug Taylor. Yeah. It was a complete project, and Saul took that project under, you know, and put him, yeah. you know, under a microscope and said, This is what you're going to do. And he did. He had a couple 20 point games, a couple 15 rebound mm-hmm. games. I mean, he transformed his body.
2: Yeah.
1: But there was no momentum going in. Nope. And next year, even There's if so they. So much momentum. If, 14 and 17 in 2019, 2020 so much different than fourteen and seventeen this past year. If they go fourteen and seventeen next year, but it's with bowls and they're playing hard and they're just losing close games. And these freshmen
2: look like they're gonna be studs,
1: which I think they're going then to Then you are gonna carry that momentum. But if yeah. you were to bring Softballs back for one more year and just say, Okay, so I'll get one more year with your with another freshman class, you would have went and had no momentum going into this season and that's the biggest thing. And I'll just say this real quick and you know, we can move on, but like it's no secret, like, I am high on Jeff Bowles.
2: Like, I think Jeff Bowles was a fantastic hire for Athens, Ohio, Ohio University. I think he's going to do great things. I'm so high on him that I don't mind putting this out here because here, I told Spencer. If things, like, go well enough the next two seasons. He might not be here in four years. I don't think so either. I think he's going to keep moving up. Because he's just recruiting in ways that we haven't seen since John Gross was here.
0: I think it's definitely um, a right move for the program. There's, a, there's new excitement. Uh, yeah. There's a newfound energy. And when you're operating a, a Division One men's basketball program, that's what you need. Yeah. You need excitement. You need to fill the seats in the convo, which by a lot of people, that's one of the best basketball arenas to play in. Yeah. Um, Jeff Bulls is a testament to that. Former Bobcat in the 90s played here, yeah. which I think also helps the excitement. Uh, you know, it's a... I feel like there was a connection that time. He's, MA-
1: He's won yeah. a match. He's won a match championship. He knows what yeah. it's like to have success. He knows what it's like to put ten thousand people in the combo every night. Yeah. He knows that. He gets it.
0: Yeah. And, and then, he
1: gets the community. That's the big thing.
0: And I think I think uh, like Pete said, I think uh, Jim Shouse hit this right on the money. Uh, yeah. Out of the park. That was a great hire. A couple other uh, winter sports I wanted to touch upon real quick. Uh, his wife Joel Greenlee's been here for twenty-two years now. Sure. Something like that? Uh, yeah, it's yeah. something around that.
1: Because, yeah, your freshman that.
2: year, my
1: sophomore year, it was 20 because we both wrote stories. Oh, so your sophomore year, and then your junior year was 21, and now it's 22. Good job, Matthew. I,
0: I can do math sometimes. Yeah. <laughs> sometimes. Math is hard, though. Um, but, yeah, um, wrestling saw uh, six go to NCAA's. I can't kill won One match. Kelly, one of the at least in the time that we've been here, one of the program's best. Yeah, I would say. Yeah, he's a great.
2: Graduate. Yeah, we graduated. Our will be a senior next year. Rochert senior. So,
1: yeah Time we'll reload and be okay. Let's and see. then it's uh a good program. Yeah, he just runs a good program. Yeah. I think it's pretty nationally known that he runs a pretty good uh, MAC program.
0: It's tough because they have to wrestle schools like Missouri, one of the powerhouses of the country. Did the MAC just have like ten teams? Yeah. Yeah, and the MAC expanded. There's so. like. 20 teams in the MAC
1: for wrestling. It's going to be an interesting thing to watch. I think it's pretty interesting. I don't know wrestling very well at all, so I'm not going to really comment on it, but I think the two conferences coming together, trying to beef up what they do on the wrestling mats, I think it's pretty interesting.
0: I mean, I, I lack the context to talk about wrestling from this year. Um, I just can remember uh, the Six going to the Nationals and Cam Kelly going undefeated in Mac okay. play so I just remember the whole conference thing it's like go it's like 20 something teams now that's crazy and then we're going to shift to hockey
1: Matthew tell us about this hockey team Sean Hogan's final season I'll preface it for you so you don't have to All right. Sean Hogan's final season uh, kind of an early exit from the national tournament again uh, something that they thought they had moved away from two years ago when they got to that national championship game and fell Um, they thought they had taken that next step and then they kind of reverted back to their ways the last two years Um, what I guess this is a future question, not just your review question. You've seen them play for two straight years now. What is it gonna to take to get over to that next step? Not bounce out of that national tournament early like they have like they have fallen to each of the last couple of
0: years. Well I think it's just the luck of the draw, honestly. Um the first And that has a that has
1: so much it really does have so much to do with
0: it. It does. The I mean those first round games they play, uh it's always against Uh, you know some UNLV the past two years uh, some lower seeded team because Ohio the last three years has had a first round bye, being in the top four Uh, and then they get to that second round and it's always against uh, a CSCHL team uh, which is the league that Ohio plays in and it's more often than not the fifth or sixth time uh, Ohio has played you know this specific team two years ago when they lost to Illinois in the uh, semifinals, that was the sixth time they played the Illini that year. This past year they got bounced by Iowa State. That was the sixth time they played the Cyclones. And it's hard It's hard to beat a team. It's hard to play a team six times in one season. Yeah. And their season is so long to begin with. They start games in September and they're not done until March. So that, that's a long time. Um, I think the biggest thing for them to – that they can control i mean you can't control the draw of the tournament you can't control that but i think uh one of the things that they can control is how they start off games Um, sometimes they there will be slow starts to games and that kind of slow start will you know it takes a while for them to get going and there's no it's not a secret they're one of the best programs in the country and on the club hockey circuit they're one of the Best programs in the country, and there's no reason that they should be again off to slow starts against teams like like uh, you know John Carroll or Kent State or schools even like Davenport, which have made the national tournament the last few years. Uh, need to handle their business uh, against teams that are nationally ranked but aren't in the CS- CHL And I'm interested to see next year not only who their coach will be. Um, I think that's going to be a very big uh, determinant and because I haven't heard anything about, I haven't heard any rumblings or anything though my ear is to the ground about uh, you know, coaches and stuff like that um, but I don't know, I, I definitely wouldn't say no matter no matter who replaces Sean Hogan Ohio's going to be fine
1: Yeah, it's, it's a nationally known program and they can recruit Columbus well and Columbus has a good hockey scene now um, and to be really frank, it's actually kind of weird, but um, Ohio is going to benefit from the Blue Jackets' success. Absolutely, because the more the more Columbus is exposed to hockey, the more uh, kids are going to be continue to play hockey, and the more Ohio is going to be able to recruit the Columbus area. And you know that, that that's to their to their advantage. Um, so,
0: one, the, one last thing, by the way, uh, the last two years in the national tournament, uh, the team that the teams that Ohio has lost to. Uh, those teams have went on to go to the national championship game. That's important. Um, yeah. Illinois went and lost 3-2 against Adrian two years ago, and then Iowa State uh, made it to the national championship game this past year, also lost. And the thing about both of those teams, uh, they were both very senior-heavy, which Ohio is about to be this coming season. They're about to have I think, nine nine or ten seniors um, including, you know, their top two point scores in Jake Houston, Gianni Evangelisti, and goalie Jimmy Thomas. Um, national championship is always the expectation, but I think I think this coming season, if they can get it together, that's the reality. Anything short of that is is a disappointment. So those are my words on the hockey. So softball and baseball aren't
1: over yet. Yes. Um, there's not much we can really talk about right now just because... We can give some updates. I mean... Baseball's probably going to end up making the MAC tournament now. Off-ball's pretty damn good for a year in the pitching.
0: They have an ace in the circle, a pitcher, Maddie McCready. That's what matters. She's relied on a little too heavily, but they haven't played a game since last Tuesday, uh, so they've had some time off. Uh, they have their last home series uh, this weekend against uh, Miami. Senior weekend, all that fun stuff. Uh of the seniors for Ohio will actually get their diplomas this weekend. They actually will graduate this weekend because they'll be on oh, the road. Yeah. yeah, they'll be on the road at Buffalo during graduation, so they will all graduate Friday or Saturday. I- they get to graduate before me. Yeah, that's that's a crock of crap. <laughs> but uh, yeah, that's uh, that's a pretty cool thing to see. I saw it last year. Um, You know they have their caps and gowns on and stuff like that with their softball uniforms, yeah, with their softball uniforms on. It's a pretty cool thing to see. Um, But I think in her first year uh, at Ohio, Kenzie Rourke has done a phenomenal job uh, taking over for uh, Jody Hermanic, who won you know MAC title last year, both the tournament title and the uh, regular season title. Um, Mm. Took the team to the NCAA's and won a couple games too. Yep, I think uh, Kenzie Rourke's done pretty phenomenal job stepping in um, and the teams they just kind of had a up and down April but with the time off I i think they'll be right it's nice that she's having a good season this
2: year the key will be to see if she can recruit in the future because mm-hmm. none of these players are hers
0: no
1: yeah so, and baseball is the same exact thing baseball is every year struggle early sneak into the MAC tournament win a couple of games there maybe win the whole thing get to the place. Yep. They, they do it every Around two years they one streak right now so, yep. so that's that's the Rob Smith experience
0: that you get when you're at Ohio, um, so yeah. And then uh, I think that's that is all of the sports we at least have covered this year. Can we do top three? three, three moments. Pete, top three moments. 2018-19. Yeah, okay, go. but you get your own, and and then he gets his own. Okay, oh, you Pete, go first. You can, no, Pete can go first because I'm more creative. Okay. Go Pete, are
2: they related to Ohio
1: athletics or yes.
2: the newsroom? Be both. Yes. You pick. This this is your number top one. Three. All right, breaking the national news. It's cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that was one of the cooler experiences I've ever had as a student journalist. Two, it was really depressing. Bring a new basketball coach. That was cool. I yeah. like that. Yeah. Why would that be depressing? We should have had Somebody's lost their job and the family's out of the job. I mean, it's kind of sad. But at the same nature time... Nature of the beast, Pete. It is the nature of the beast. I'm saying sad in, like, the sense of that. Like, do I truly care right now, no. But it's, like, sad to say that was one of the highlights of my year was... I get know, it.
0: So you're, you're a fired. human being. You you
1: have empathy.
2: All right. It's I like that. All right. Um, what was that? Going to Frisco. Frisco was a blast, man.
1: Yeah, Frisco was fun.
2: Yeah.
0: That's
1: my top three moments. All right, Pete. Spence? Right. I'll go top three now. All right. Uh, you go 3-2-1, though. 3-2-1. So... Third was, um, let's see, third I would say is probably the Ohio-Buffalo basketball game. Uh, Ohio lost, but probably should have won that game. They lost by three, yeah. and Gavin Block shot for the win. Yeah. Um, no to way. to no. see to see the combo the way it was, was, was really awesome. Um, it was an experience that I hadn't quite experienced. The, the ozone was starting to be revived, and it was pretty loud in there. Uh, for that Buffalo game And Ohio came back from down I think 11 yeah, And, and had a chance to win the game That was cool um, Number two uh, I would probably say uh, The Northern Illinois football game Getting to go to Chicago And then go up to Northern Illinois Just a fun experience all around um, Had a good cheesesteak at this, this beautiful Beautiful place that John Greenberg And Ohio alum uh, sent us to in uh, in good. in North Side Chicago, oh, you know sake. you don't think of cheese steak in Chicago, but you think of I do pizza or hot because, dogs. Yeah, because it's really good there. Oh. Um, and <clears throat> number one, um, number one. Let's see. Um, I would say the barbecue, not the one in Texas. We had some in Nashville. We yeah. had some in Texas. Um, Eaten a lot. Oh, we had some Eli's. Yeah. Um, in Cincinnati, if you've never been to Eli's in Cincinnati, get there. Um, yeah, top three. Uh, I got an overtime one. Okay. So that's pretty it, stupid, but go
2: ahead. Okay. Whatever. Um the a plus one right. Men's basketball game in the condo against Akron for the one hundredth anniversary. Was it the one? With Red Panda? With I think red it was Panda. One fiftieth. fifth fiftieth, my bad. Yeah. The building's not hundred years old. Yeah. It so looks it looks it feels hundred years old too. Although that video years, board's nice. Fifty years, red panda, video board. That place was very loud. That was the biggest crowd of the season. Yes, Ohio lost and John Grosse came in at one, but it was a cool environment for like thirty minutes
1: per game. And on a quick Matt, you got a you got a top three real quick, real quick, so we can get this thing wrapped up real
0: quick. Do, do you I have a top three? Do I have a top three? Uh fine. I, I don't have a top three. That's I have, fine. I don't That's, have fine. To it. That's okay. But um and I guess one last thing. Uh you know, you guys really set the precedent uh for the sports staff this year. Uh if you had any parting words of wisdom. For right this second, what would they be? Read and write. Read and write. Has to be critiqued.
2: Support local journalism. Support yes. Yeah, support local journalism. Tell good stories. Want to get better. I That's about it. What
1: do you think? I think, I think we did a, a bust up job in twenty seven minutes and twenty five seconds.
0: Yeah. There's one last thing. Uh-huh. If there are if there are any thank yous that you guys have for whoever might be listening. A half an hour podcast. To who people? To who might be listening? Yeah. I don't have any really thank yous to who might be listening. I don't know
1: who's going to be listening, but because I would send this to my parents. And I don't think Mark and Sue would listen all 30 minutes.
0: Send them to the last
1: portion. My voice sucks, like, yeah. so they might not listen. But yeah, everybody. Yeah. From the last four years, it's been fun. Um, it's starting to wind down, so we get to kind of reflect a lot. Yep. Um, I think there are too many thank yous to try and si- to uh, single anybody out.
0: Yeah. all
1: right. I was trying to sit down and write a
2: column for a class that I still need to finish the column for, and this idea I was gonna like write thank yous to people, and then I was like, There's just too many people. If I leave someone out, I feel bad because they probably like had some sort of an impact on my life here."
0: Yeah, yeah. Well, for for the last time, I will plug these two on social media, though they probably won't be writing too many more stories about Ohio athletics. Mm-hmm. So it's at Spencer Holbrook and at pete underscore naco's 96 yes sir i will be here for one more year as i am a junior heading into my senior year and i am at matthew l parker five because we changed my twitter handle the other day yeah so i almost said the old one but uh thank you all for a great year uh for listening and tuning in and uh we will see you all in the fall